What's going on people? It is Leighton Watson, Soul Strong, Solid Soul, back again for another episode of Faith Family Finance, where we want to strengthen your faith, strengthen your family, and take your finance to the heights where it should be. All right, so uh, if you listen to my previous podcast, it was uh, entitled The Opportunity Before Us. Uh, We know that there's been a market crash going on, and for many of us, we're quarantined, we're at home, which presents us an opportunity. Now, I got a lot of questions about the financial opportunity before us. And so I want to take some time today to delve into that. What are the things that we can do and how can we make some money in this type of economy? So stay tuned, listen up, and I'm going to get into it. I'll see you on the flip side. Love, peace, and hair grease. All right. So the opportunity before. So why don't we just break down the situation that we're experiencing right now? Maybe that'll give us a clear picture of what's going on. So if you look around and you watch the news, there's two major things that you're going to hear about. The coronavirus, COVID-19, okay? This is the super virus that's been going around, um, being impacting communities left, right, and center. I just heard today that another 50 doctors, doctors from Italy, have been diagnosed and died from the coronavirus. And I mean, my my hearts go out to them and to their families. They're out there on the front line, making sure that everything that people need to get better is in place. And they're sacrificing themselves, um, not just uh, figuratively, but literally. Um, And many of them have passed away. So uh, much love and respect to all of those people that are on the front lines. And my condolences uh, to those who have passed away during this difficult time, all right? we're here in Canada, Toronto, Canada, T.O.Dot, and um, we haven't had a huge amount the same way we've experienced in Italy, but we have had a number of deaths, and there's a lot of cases of people um, becoming ill with this. Uh, the U.S. is really having a lot of cases right now, and people are really struggling to just stay inside. I mean, this is ridiculous when you think about it. You know, I, I saw a post today where somebody said, Social distancing is actually a privilege. And that made me pause for a moment. Social distancing is a privilege? It's like, yeah, it's a privilege. Why? Because we get to stay home, okay? Many of us will have food in our house, okay? We have television, we have internet access, okay? We have running water, okay? We have sanitizer. Now think about it. If this were to happen in certain third world nations, right? Do they have access to sanitizer? No. Access to running water? No. Internet? No. TV? No. They don't even have a place in which they can go and chill by themselves without being interrupted um, by friends and family, okay? I can come downstairs to my basement and record this podcast in peace and quiet. They can't even do that. So, you know, social distancing is a privilege. So let's all not be selfish, okay? Let's make sure that we, we keep ourselves isolated for whatever the time period is required so that we don't spread this disease, okay? Because this isn't just about us. This is about us maybe passing that on to somebody else who's physically incapable of handling it, okay? We have to think of our elderly at this time. We have to think about our people who are dealing with pre-existing conditions, all right? They're going to be those people who, who are vulnerable to COVID-19, okay? So that's the, the, the health situation that we're dealing with right now. And that has impacted multiple industries, Okay, because you can imagine right now, yes, hospitals are open, grocery stores are open, 
So hospitals are, are receiving an influx of patients right now. Do they have the resources necessary in order to maintain all of what we see coming through right now? I don't know. All right. It's not easy. I mean, trying to get testing for this thing is very difficult at this time. And so they're dealing with this huge increase in demand. All right. Also grocery stores. Okay. I think we've really figured out that these grocery store workers and shelf stackers are going to be essential services. Okay. This is going to be a really, really important job. Now I see one of two things happening going forward and I don't want to jump the gun on this opportunity thing, but these grocery store workers, these people who stack shelves and take care of the, uh, the, um, the, super, the supermarkets, they're going to want a pay raise, <laughs> all right? And who could blame them, all right? They're going out there, and you've got people sneezing and sniffling all over the place, and they're the ones stacking the shelves. They're, they're out there basically on the front line making sure that we have food, okay? That we can go out there and get our bully beef and rice. You hear me talk about this all the time tuna, fish, and rice. They make sure that everything that we need is available, okay? But they're exposing themselves to the same bacteria and germs that we're trying to isolate ourselves from, okay? So shout out to those guys. So, you know, they may end up trying to form a union or something. Who knows if they don't already have one. But I'm going to tell you where the opportunity lies. And I think, unfortunately for them, it's going to work against them. So if they don't figure something else out soon, um, their job will become obsolete, unfortunately, as it's already doing. Um... So we, we're seeing who is actually uh, a valuable, quote-unquote, essential member of our society in terms of its production, right? In terms of keeping the wheels turning for the economy, even despite it going down right now. So we've seen now COVID-19 has impacted those particular industries, and we've also seen the markets come down. Why is that? Why is the market coming down? Well, think about it for a moment. If businesses cannot have transactions, if they cannot buy and sell, right? You have a business that buy and sells clothing or, you know, you buy and sell electronics. People are not doing that right now. People are not going out there trying to buy cars and um, RVs and, you know, whatever else that they got going on out there. People are not looking for luxury items right now. People are trying to get toilet paper and water, all right? That's what they're really looking for right now. So if you don't sell any of those products, you're up the creek without a paddle, okay? You're not making any money right now. So if you're not making any money right now, what, do you, what are you forced to do? Well, you can't pay salaries, okay? All of that sales stuff that you had is irrelevant now because they got nothing to sell. So what happens to those guys? They get laid off, all right? So the, all the sales staff gets laid off and then now the support staff. Do you need HR? No. Do you need tech support? No, okay? What you're going to be focused on is a skeleton workforce. The bare minimum required just to keep this thing in motion until you can figure out another plan. So all of these businesses have tied up. So what does that mean? Now the market starts coming down because all these companies are essentially losing value. Okay, Everybody's afraid. All these institutions are afraid and nobody wants to get caught holding the bag. So there's a lot of selling going on in the marketplace right now. Imagine... Not just from an institutional standpoint, trying to get cash to fund the business, but also from an individual and retail standpoint. You see, if I'm here and I'm working and all of a sudden I get laid off, okay, means I don't have a job. Now, if I don't have a job, do I still need to pay my mortgage? You're damn right I do. I need to pay the light bill, the water bill. 
If I have kids, I'm going to have to pay the cable bill. I'm going to have to have food, right? I'm going to have to have the things required in order for myself to keep functioning. I still have to, go to pay my car insurance. I still got to put gas in the car if, if I do need to do something, all right? So all of the things that I normally have to pay for pretty much are still going to require me to take care of those obligations. I'm still going to have to pay them. These credit cards are going to still come in. Rent is still going to come, right? All of these things are still going to be there but I no longer have my income in order to be able to meet those obligations. So the next thing I need to do is find a source of liquid capital, okay? So where's my next source of liquid capital? I'm gonna have to go to my investments, all right? I'm gonna have to go to my investments. Now, if I go to my investments, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna buy more? No, I don't have any money. That's the whole point. So I'm gonna have to sell my investments. I'm gonna have to cash out which means I might have to cash out my RSP mutual fund, I may have to cash out my TFSA mutual fund, I may have to cash out my stock, my ETF, whatever it is I have, I need to cash it out so that I have some cash available in order to be able to pay these bills. Why? Because I didn't have an emergency fund there on the side ready for this sort of uh, situation. So imagine, that's just one person. Remember, last week in Toronto, in Ontario, 500,000 people went on EI, which means a ton of them lost their jobs. That's just that what we reported. They, I'm sure there was hundreds of thousands more. So they have to find a way to get some liquid capital in order to be able to do this. Now, if everybody's selling, let's see who went, did, uh, went to economics class back in college and university. Who, who spent the time in economics? When you have a lot of supply, when everybody is selling, everybody's trying to get rid of something, what happens to the price of that thing? It goes down, okay? Everybody is selling. So if everybody's selling, it is driving the price down. The only way for the price to go back up is if you have an increase in demand, a lot of buyers. Now, the economy is stuck with a whole bunch of sellers, not just institutions, but retail traders. So how do we get buyers? Where do we get them from? Well, here comes the Fed. Da -da -da -da. Okay? In the US, you got the Federal Reserve, okay? They're coming in and they're buying, okay? They're putting money back into the market, right? They're pumping liquidity. This is what you hear, the QE and all of this sort of stuff, the bailouts, this is what it is. It's that they don't want these companies and the markets to fail because that would be a catastrophe, right? That's how they see it. I don't completely agree, but they think it's a catastrophe. So what do they do? They print more money, and they buy all of these assets. They buy treasury bills, they pump money into the banks, so reduce interest rates, make it easier for them to borrow so they can pump more liquidity into the market. This is the idea that they are gonna buy. They're gonna, they're gonna be the buyers to help to hold this thing up. But the more they try to hold it up, more and more people are just selling, right? Remember, this is not just localized, this is worldwide. This is happening all over the world, the UK, it's happening in Italy, it's happening in, it's happening all over the place, it's happening in Europe, right? People are nervous, so they may have certain um, stocks in the US market or in the, 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 the UK market, the British market, and they're selling, they're trying to get out. So we're seeing the markets go down, all right? So we are in a very difficult time right now. Some people will say, that this is a recession. Well, we're definitely in a bear market because we're down more than 20%. In fact, the market dropped 22 
uh, so it dropped more than 30% in only 22 days. So right off the bat, we know we're in a bear market, okay? Um, we've had a little bit of a push up since then, but ultimately we're in a bear market right now, all right? So we know the direction that the market is, is going. We know we're coming down. What can we do about it? All right, what, what is the... What, is the, what are the options, what are the opportunities available to us in a market like this? Do we just give up? Do we just look at it and say we're going into a depression? Right? You see, some people are going to say that this is a recession. Well, others may argue it's not just a recession, it's a depression. All right? So this is the, the kind of outlook that we're seeing. Okay, and when you all think of the Depression, I think you, you probably think of the, uh, what's it, the 1920s right, or the 30s, whenever it was there, when people are lining up for jobs and people are standing outside the mines hoping for a, a, a day's wage so they can buy a couple of potatoes to feed their family, right? That's what we envision. Well, we're in 2020. The recession is not going to look like that, my friends. People are not going to necessarily be lining up outside businesses. Now, some may... But remember, there's a lot of technology going on right now. Like, you don't apply for your job by going in anymore and dropping off a resume. Okay, everything is online. And so, you'll be sending in resumes over and over again, and you'll just be hitting a, a, a black hole. Right? It's difficult enough right now trying to get a job in a market where it's been going up. Imagine when it's going down. You might as well just throw that piece of that resume out into the, into the fire outside. Because nobody's going to be listening, Right? Think about it. With all of these layoffs going on, okay, that means that there are fewer jobs and more people competing. So if it was tough then, imagine what it's going to be like now. And the people I feel sorry for really are the baby boomers because they were the expensive members of our workforce. And if they got laid off, I doubt that those, uh, those companies are going to hire them back at the same rates that they were making before. They're going to find someone younger, smarter, um, somebody who's more tech savvy, especially seeing as though we're going to be transitioning over to remote work right now. Okay, that's going to be the new wave. Okay, we talked about working from home. This is the new wave. It is coming. We are going to be forced, not just because businesses can save money on overheads, but because they want to make sure that now they don't have to worry about people getting sick often. They can reduce their stress leave. Okay, it's just going to be better overall for everybody. So uh, be prepared for that. So that's going to be the new wave. If you're not technologically sound right now, make sure you get there. Understand what it means to do. Join me, Zoom, learn how to type, instant messenger. Okay, that's going to be the way for the future. Okay, that's really important. And I'll touch on that when we go into opportunities. But this is where we are right now, people. It is a recession. That's how I look at it. We're in at least the early stages of a recession. And we can't really see it right now until really the, the, the real estate market kicks in. When those mortgages start to default, okay? It's going to be lagging, but it's coming. And that is going to be when people realize how bad of a situation we're in right now. So, where is the opportunity? That is the question, huh? That is the question. So, um, what I will say, for those of you who are resourceful, because when you don't have a lot of resources, you have to be resourceful, okay? There are two R's in which you're going to need to really use to take advantage of the opportunity. First is the resourcefulness. The second is your relationships, okay? So if you haven't been 
cultivating them and, and taking care of and, and gardening those relationships over the last 10 years or so, okay, you're going to struggle because of those relationships um, are what is going to give you the opportunities to, to get in a new job or um, a new contract, okay? Because with all of these, these resumes coming in, nobody's going to have time to look at them. The HR staff has been kind half. So your relationships are going to be way more valuable than what you know, okay? And your resourcefulness is going to be your, your ability to adapt, to use what you have and make the most of it. So resourcefulness is key. Resourcefulness and relationships, okay? These two things are going to be very, very important. So here's a couple of opportunities I'm going to throw out there that are going to come out of this um, new wave. Now, you know, Donald Trump has done a, a great job in, you know, saying the China virus. This virus has come out of China. China. Okay. He likes to say that. Okay. Um, although I think it, it's not necessarily the, the right way to kind of pose this, this threat to us, so to speak. You know, it has this racist undertone. Okay. Um, it just, it just doesn't smell right to me, you know, but anyway, without all that being said, um, what does that mean? It means that right now, right? Most of what we manufacture is manufactured where? In China. Okay. China is the manufacturing hub of the world, basically. And now everybody's concerned that stuff being manufactured in China are going to come over to wherever we are. You know, I had a friend that when, when this was coming on, they were going to buy some of those masks. And then he said to me, he looked and he realized it was made in China. So he decided not to get it. I mean, this is just the beginning. Okay. Unless China starts to change their, how they're being perceived in the world, people and companies are not going to want to manufacture it. And in fact, what is going to happen is that there will be companies that will market themselves as not being made in China. Okay. So domestic, domestically manufactured goods will become more and more, um, I guess, desired. Problem is, in order to manufacture it here, okay, usually the cost is going to be higher. Well, remember, in a depression, people are just trying to find ways to eat. People are going to be willing to get paid less in order to be able to get a job and to, to buy food, right? And so the cost of manufacturing domestically, I believe, will go down. So if you have the skills and the tools to be able to manufacture something on behalf of a company, okay, then that is going to be a great opportunity for you, okay? Local manufacturing. If you can manufacture in a place outside of China, okay, this is going to be huge for you, okay, over the next three to five years. So I would say that's one great opportunity. The second great opportunity right now uh, that's on its way, you know, the world is changing. The next great opportunity is going to be um, germs, all right? People are going to be germophobes. Okay, the germaphobes are going to be exceedingly vocal and the people who were just like, you know, clean are going to become real, real particular about germs. All right. Like we're not going to be shaking hands as much as we are. We're going to have to find a new greeting. Okay. All my brothers out there know we just give daps at the moment. Cleanliness is next to godliness anyway. All right. So we're just going to find new ways of greeting, but also cleanliness is going to be a huge, huge part of how we do business now. Okay, so for if you're a, if you're a cleaning company, okay, you're gonna have to find a way to market yourselves as not just I clean, but I disinfect, but.
but I kill bacteria. Okay? You're going to have to find a way to market yourself along those lines, right? Um, if you need to come in in a hazmat suit, do what you got to do. But this is going to be the new opportunity. And if you're smart, you're going to market yourself different from cleaning companies. You're going to say, okay, well, you know, you have a cleaning company already that's coming in. Well, you know, what we can do as our cleaning company, XYZ cleaning company, ABC cleaning company, you know, we clean with this type of bacterial agent, okay? And we look for this sort of stuff and we use a UV light or whatever it is that you need to do to, to market yourself as a cut above and not just somebody who's going to dust and vacuum, but going to take it to the next level. Companies are going to pay for that, okay? Companies are going to pay for that. So look at that as your new opportunity. Also, Amazon has already started this. And now this is going to certainly, their technology is certainly going to be implemented and start moving to grocery stores. Is that, I'm sorry for you guys stacking shelves. You are on the front line. You're an important part of our community. But tech is going to blow you out of the water. Okay, one self checkouts is definitely going to happen, but I also believe the self shelf stacking is going to happen too. All right, like you're going in the back and, and taking out a can of beans and peas or whatever, and you stacking the shelf. It's not going to happen like that anymore. It's a new wave, fam. All right, they're going to find a way to minimize the the, the 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 amount of staff that they need, and robots, okay, are going to do that, or they're going to just design the buildings going forward long-term in such a way that the shelves will stack themselves, okay, right? Like, I'm just going to come off the top of my head and imagine this for a moment, all right? So imagine for a moment that each shelf is connected to each um, business or supermarket has a basement and everything is stored in the basement, delivered in the basement, and the, the food is set up through a chute into a shelf. Okay, so they can keep track of inventory and everything has its place. All the cans get shut up, boom. All the pasta get shut up, boom. All the meats, okay, boom, right into the freezer, okay. So they're going to minimize the need for human interaction on the food. They're just going to design the stores differently. And the people that do that, the businesses that do that now are going to be ahead of the wave, all right. It does mean that those who are stacking shelves and, and checkouts, they're going to lose their jobs but it means that they can focus on new things, okay? And they'll have to develop new skills um, to keep up with the demand, all right? So those are the major opportunities I see. I'm sure there are others. But also, if you are a person who just wants to make money in the markets, okay? Remember, the markets have two people, right? There's two sides to every transaction. There is a buyer and a seller, all right? And now in a bear market, in a... Um, a recession, this gives us an opportunity to go short, okay? To go short. What does that mean? It means making money when the market goes down, people. Who thought you could do that? Well, many of us have never been experienced to the idea of going short. Why? Because we go to the bank and we sit down with the advisor. Once again, I'm not trying to throw any advisors under the bus, but imagine this. I sit down with my advisor and I say, hey, I want to prepare for my retirement. And they say, great. So you sit down and you fill out a form and the form asks about your age and your occupation, okay? What type of money you're making, how much money you want to put into your investment, okay? Quote, unquote, investments, okay? How often you want to do it, bi-weekly or monthly, okay? And then you look at the risk tolerance and it says low, medium, and high risk. And basically the low 
risk is somebody who's over 55 and high risk is anybody under 30, okay? Which means they can ride the wave of the markets, the ups and the downs. They have time on their side, okay? Now think about that for a minute. I'm going to go through all of that and I'm going to get my investment and I'm going to buy da -da -da -da, a mutual fund, a mutual fund. So what is a mutual fund? Essentially, it's just a pooled investment. It's a collection of money that is used by an investment manager to buy stocks, okay? They'll usually buy stocks, they may buy bonds, okay? But essentially, I pool my money in with a whole bunch of other people on that day, and we go in and we buying, uh, give it to the investment manager to buy stocks, okay? Now, that mutual fund does not trade like a stock, okay? It doesn't go up and down um, like a stock. It has what's called a NAV, okay? Net asset value, which is calculated at the end of the day, all right? So because it's a pooled investment. Now, in that stock, in that mutual fund, I may own Facebook and Google or um, Amazon and Netflix, okay? I may own all of those stocks, but it's not exactly the same. So my stock goes up and down with the market. Here's the thing. The way a mutual fund is designed is that it only makes money when the market goes up, okay? It only makes money when the market goes up. Now think about that for a minute. The market moves in two directions, up and down. Now, if the market moves up and down, which one moves more quickly, up or down? Come on, people, you already know the answer to that. It moves down more quickly. You've seen it over the last month or so, right? The market moves down more quickly than it moves up, which means if I'm in this investment that only makes money when the market goes up, it's going to take me much longer to make the money and less time to lose the money, okay? Because in 2008, from the bottom of the market to the top of the market, it took five years. All of those gains were lost in 18 months. Do you see the fundamental flaw in these type of investments? You see, here's the irony about an investment like this, okay, that only makes money when the market goes up. It forces us to be in this, what's called buy and hold. We can't do anything else. We can only buy and hold this thing, right? So what does that, what does that mean for us? Well, institutions, banks, that sort of thing, you see, their lifespan is hundreds of years, okay? Some of these institutions, you know, the Goldman Sachs's, the Merrill Lynch's, all of this sort of stuff, okay? They change names and hands or whatever, but essentially these institutions last sometimes for hundreds of years. We, on the other hand, we have a finite lifespan. So with these institutions, the irony is they're trying to make money every single year. When the market goes up, they want to make money. When the market goes down, they want to make money. Yet... We, who have finite lifespans, we buy and hold for the long term. Does that sound crazy to you? The person, the one that has the most time at institutions, they want to make money in the short term. We, who don't have time and have finite lifespans, we're trying to make money over the long term. You see, you see the difference there, okay? So we have to find a way in which to make money on the way down. And mutual funds, unfortunately, is not it, okay? It's the way to do it for, you know, if you've never done anything before, you're just getting involved in the markets for the first time, it's not the recommended um, investment from me, 
But, you know, somebody who's just starting out, they may do that. And also your job may force you to put your work pension, your um, defined contribution plan into a mutual fund. Okay. But if you want to be active, if you want to take part, if you want to participate in your money, then here are some markets that you're going to need to understand and learn a little bit about. You're going to need to understand the futures market, which is a market that is designed for day traders. Okay. It's actually, I shouldn't say designed for day traders. It's mostly for huge companies to be able to hedge their risk. Okay. For example, the price of coffee beans go up and down every single day. But when I go to Tim Hortons or Starbucks, the same price for my coffee every single day. Why? Because Mr. Timmy's or Mr. Starbucks goes over to Columbia and says, hey, I like your coffee. I like that dark roast. It does its thing for me. All right. So I want to make sure that I purchase your dark roast at this price and you're going to deliver it to me in the future. So that is hedged. That is locked in. Okay. Airlines do the same thing with gas prices. Why? Because if they're going to charge you a price for a um, a seat on a plane, they don't want when they go fill up that plane for the price of that thing to be twice as much. Okay. So that's the futures market. It's a very volatile market. It's a great way to make some quick money. It's leveraged at around 20 to one. So you can use a much smaller amount of money to control a larger futures contract. Okay. Foreign exchange. You're going to have to learn foreign exchange. Okay. It's important, especially what's going on right now. The value of dollars are going up and down and up and down. There is opportunity here, okay? I'm sure you all know if you were here in Canada when the, when the Canadian dollar and the US dollar were at par, right? What did everybody do? Well, they believed that the US dollar was going to go up. So because it was currently at par, they switched all of their Canadian dollars over to USD. Some people mortgaged their house, they sold their cars, they did whatever they could, right? To get their Canadian dollars into USD. And then what happened? When the USD took off again, Okay, and it was valued more than the Canadian dollar. They sold their USD and bought Canadian dollars back, and some people made a mint. Okay, so foreign exchange is important, especially right now where the US keeps inflating its currency through this QE. Who knows what's going to happen to the US market? So, understanding foreign exchange and currency is going to be critical. Now, options that's going to be another very, very important market. Okay. The beauty about the, the last two markets and this market is that you can make money on the way down, okay? You can short that market. Now, I'm not going to get into the mechanics and the technicalities of shorting, but essentially, if you have a trading platform, you can go long, hit one button, or go short the other button, okay? Everything else is taking place behind the scenes. It just lets you know that you're making money on the way down or you're losing money on the way down if you don't know what you're doing, okay? But you can go long or short. Now, Options. Options are like an insurance market. All right. It's a beautiful market. If you have stocks, if you have ETFs, you need to have options on those positions. Okay. It is just, it's like a, a no brainer. Okay. It's like driving a car with no insurance. Okay. Nothing may happen, but then things may happen like this last few weeks. Okay. You have some stocks. Okay. And you have two, three, four hundred thousand in stocks. You need a, uh, an insurance policy that says, hey, my stocks are currently at $100 a share. If those, if those stocks go down to $50 a share, I've just lost 50% of my net worth. I want an insurance contract that means I can sell it at $100 a share. Okay. Now you're going to pay for that insurance, but you'd rather pay for the insurance than lose half your net worth. Okay. That is the way to do it. So it's important to have some options and options can make money on the way down. You can buy puts, you can sell calls. 
Okay, this is a fantastic market to be able to do that. Some of my friends are trading options right now and doing fantastically well. And obviously, we've got the stock market, stocks and ETFs, all right? Now, tech, you know, most people, when it comes to these markets, they will buy low and sell high, okay? Stocks are often for wealth. You want to hold these over the long term, all right? But there are people who will short stocks, right? There was a lot of people who short Tesla because they thought Tesla was overvalued and they thought it would come down, so they would make money when it comes down, okay? Stocks can be traded up and down, all right? And now as the market comes down, when it does hit the, the bottom of the market, all of these things are going to be cheap, okay? So this is going to be a great opportunity to buy high-quality stocks at a low price. Now, my estimation, it ain't reached there yet. We haven't hit the bottom yet, okay? We still got a ways to go, but the opportunity is coming. And in all four of these markets, what do you need to have in order to take advantage? You need to have some cash, some capital, some cashola, some scratch, okay? Access to money, okay? In order to participate. So those who have been saving, those who have been putting a little something, something away, now you can reap the benefits of your diligence by participating in these markets, okay? Now, if the financial markets don't tickle your fancy, okay, then you can start to be prepared for real estate and business, okay? Because the financial markets are not the only way to make money, okay? You can make money in real estate and in business, okay? So imagine all of these companies are getting laid off, right? Employees are getting laid off, companies are downsizing, okay? Some of these small to medium-sized companies won't be able to make it to the end of the year. Now, the owners of these companies, do they want to lose money? No. Do they want to give up? No. But sometimes there's too much month for their money, okay? They're running out of capital, okay? So what can they do? Well, what if you came along and said, hey, I have some cash. However, I want to be able to have some ownership in your business. Okay, now I have some money I can put behind a business that I think is strong that maybe needs to be tweaked in a certain way or needs to make an adjustment and I can own a portion of that business or I could maybe even own it outright. Okay, and the price I pay for that type of business is much less than when I what I would have to pay if it was a bull market. Okay, I can get pennies on the dollar in that investment. All right which is fantastic. But once again, you're going to need to have what? You're going to need to have some cash, some scratch, some cashola, some doubloons, some nuggets, okay? You're going to have to have some money, okay, in order to take advantage of that opportunity. Same thing for the real estate, okay? We haven't seen it yet because everybody's still be able to pay their mortgage because they're still liquidating their assets. But once they run out of that money, they still got to pay the mortgage. And if there's no job and no money, what do they have to do? They're going to have to sell. And if they sell, who are they selling to? Because everybody else is in the same position. So what does that mean for the prices of the houses? They're going to have to come down. And people are going, to willing, are going to be willing to take less now in order to get out of their situation. And don't think that this hasn't happened before, okay? A friend of mine was telling me back in the 80s, people, when interest rates were close to 20%, People were handing others the keys and saying, hey, 
take my house and $10,000, just take this mortgage off my hands, okay? People were literally giving away their houses, okay? So don't think that this can't happen again. These opportunities will present themselves. And one of the best things that you can do, as I said, is to find a way to be what? Resourceful and to mind your relationships. Because you may not have all the money, but if you're resourceful enough, you can find a way to generate the money you need for those opportunities. And secondly, your relationships will give you access to some of these opportunities. And together, you can pull together to be able to take advantage of these opportunities. All right. So um, we've covered a lot in 35 minutes. I hope it was helpful for you. There's a ton more I could go into, but I won't. So let me just recap real quick, just to make sure that you guys go off happy. Remember, so cleanliness is next to godliness. So those type of industries, if you're in a cleaning industry, you can start to differentiate yourself. If you're in the manufacturing industry, you can start to differentiate yourself. I'm sorry, China, but this is the reality. This is where we're going to go um, right now. Futures, Forex, options, stocks, we can start to short the market. We can start to ensure our positions, okay? Business and real estate are going to be fantastic opportunities going down the road. And also in um, supermarkets, in retail, okay? Technology is going to move all of the regular workers out if they do not find a way to um, adapt to the new reality. All right, guys. So that's it from me again. Love, peace. Hair grease. I'll see you on the flip side um, for my next podcast. Take care. Wow. That was a mouthful. I know. Um, there was a lot on my mind, a lot on my heart. There's a lot going on right now. So uh, for those of you who listen to this podcast, I hope it was really helpful for you. Um, if you have questions, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'd love to share my thoughts with you. Uh, if you would like me to join you on your podcast, Alrighty, you want me to share some of my thoughts, we can feed off each other, we can go back and forth. I'm more than willing to be able to do that. Uh, so take care, love, peace and hair grease and uh, take care of your faith, your family and your finances. Until next time.